This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Tiffany Weimer solves all American coaching education problems after completing the C course. That's the title I told Tiff that I was going to use for this episode, and she laughed when I told her, and I laughed when I typed it out. And one thing that I've come to learn about Tiff is that her sense of humor is awesome, and that portrays itself every day in our exchanges and on her social media with her personal account and her brand's account, so please keep an eye out for that. But that is not the reason why I interviewed Tiffany again. I interviewed her because her and 20 others were recently part of a very unique and possibly first of its kind coaching education course that consisted of all female professional soccer players from NWSL. So I reached out to her because I was interested to find out how it went and what Tiff took away from the course. This is our second recorded conversation. There's a link to our first one in the write-up of this podcast. And... I'm just going to go ahead and read this because this is what I wrote. Uh, This is my second official lesson in Tiff's sense of humor. So I already mentioned that a second ago, but I had it written down further in this intro. Um, But it's also my second official lesson in her willingness to put education and the betterment of others ahead of her own immediate needs. That seems to be a theme throughout her life and her playing career. Needless to say, the experience of getting to know Tiff and Adelaide, the co-founders of Duke Dick Brand, has been an amazing experience this year. And if you are not familiar with their products, please go check out the write-up for this podcast and find a link to their website. During the interview, you will hear her talk a little bit about what the products are and how she used them during her C-Course experience. And just a reminder that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the 343 Coaching Education Membership Program. So here's one last funny story before we get into this episode. So I was texting back and forth with Tiff about this intro, about when the episode was going to come out. And then she sent me a text saying that that day she had ran into uh, somebody that she is familiar with from her area and had no idea that that person was already a 343 Coaching Education member. Small world, huh? So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, We exchanged a little bit about that, and she thought that that was incredible. So if you would like to learn more about that program that Tiff's friend is a part of and all of the other benefits of joining the proven 343 Coaching Education Program, you can visit 343coaching.com. Once again, that is 343coaching.com. All right. I hope that you guys are ready for this episode, and I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 Podcast with Tiffany Weimer. Yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about your experience with, uh, with the C course. Oh, uh, so there was... In the season this year, and we got an email randomly um, asking if we'd be interested in participating in the C course. Um, and for me, I haven't taken any of the course yet, so I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I knew that I had said in the past that I was never going to do my coaching licenses because that's just, you know, what I said. And 
um, when I saw this opportunity, I didn't really think I could pass it up. And I think that was the case for all of the players who did it. It was just one of those things that, you know, an opportunity comes and you have to take it because you never know what can come from it. And um, I had no idea what to expect. And I don't think any of us did. Uh, the workload was a lot. And the information was um, very different from anything that we've learned as players. So I think one of the first things we can all say is that we have a better appreciation for our coaches and we kind of know who the good coaches are and who the bad coaches are now. Not that we really didn't know before, but now it's a little more obvious. And I think one of the you know most important things that we've, we got out of the C course, aside from, you know, learning how to plan sessions and um, how to coach uh, within the sessions and stuff like that was that, you know, we kind of have a responsibility now to, um, you know, pave a way forward to, to have more female coaches, more females in general in higher positions within soccer because we are very much outnumbered and there is room for us to, to do the damn thing, basically. And, <laughs> I, and I feel like we all want to do that now. You know, we didn't really – we had two, we had three female um, instructors and I think that was really cool too because they're they're going through it. They're older than us. They've already dealt with a lot of the BS that we're probably going to have to deal with. And you know, they've given us warning and they've also inspired us to kind of break those barriers. So I think like it was a a, a lot of different things that we got from it. And um, at the end of the day, you know, we left there feeling a bit more empowered than than before. So one of the things that I was really interested in in learning is what your your future may hold and what you plan to do with your newly acquired C license. And I'm really curious to to know and, and find out what some of the other people that took the course with you are planning to do with their C license because you know as professional players in the middle of your season when you're given the opportunity to to take a coaching license you're like eh, yeah sure like i i guess i'll take it like what's what's the downside to it right but mm -hmm. how many of you actually have the ambition to coach and and at what level and 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 what's the what's the end goal i guess for for you or for some of the people in the course and i know you, i'm asking you to speak on behalf of them so please don't feel like you have to maybe mm -hmm. if you if you want to just talk about yourself but if you know that if if somebody in there like really did have aspirations to you know i want to be a professional coach and, and if you want to talk about that go ahead but um but yeah like what what what's next for you then i think for me taking this course now i was a little bit lucky because i'm at the end of my career and so everything i learn you know it's not going to be very long before i can start to implement it for others they're maybe younger in their first or second year of the league and they might have a longer time before it's a, you know, a full-time gig that they're, they're able to use this information. And it's interesting you say that because one of the first things that my instructor said was, you know, make sure that you keep practicing and using this because I guess the saying is if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. Yep. So, you know, even I don't know exactly what my path is going to be right now. If I'm going to play another year or go into coaching or try to do both, but 
either way, I think I'm going to try as much as I can to, you know, keep using it and implementing the stuff I learned because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to, I don't want to just say I, I got this C course, a license, if I even get it. We haven't found out yet. <laughs> um, so right now you're just talking to an F license coach and, um, you know, make sure that I can set myself up to, you know, use it and then hopefully go on to the higher licenses if that's, if that's an option. Now, what you mentioned is actually something very, very interesting and a problem that I ran into when taking my C course. Um, but one of the requirements for the C course when you apply for it is you have to be coaching, uh, you have to be currently coaching a team. And mm-hmm. in order to fulfill some of the assignments, the, the required assignments, you have to you know, record yourself coaching with your with your team and so i feel like i was an exception that i got into the course somehow i i, I guess i can say how there it's so funny I, I have actually a funny story i can i guess i can reveal it now since i've already gotten my c course or my c license um do you remember at all like this twitter account that was from like eastern new york uh that caused a bunch of ruckus no actually i'm not going to tell the story I'm going to edit that out too. <laughs> uh, I know what you're talking about though. You do? Okay. So for whatever reason, that account responded to me one time when I was mm-hmm. uh, having trouble getting, I, I announced on Twitter, I was having trouble getting into a C course again because it, it took like 10 years for me to get in or eight years for me to get in. Sorry. Um, and they're like, dude, we can get you in right now. So he went, somebody from that account went, went in and signed me up for a C course before it was, wow. uh, before it was announced. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I was the first one registered for the C course for the one in California that I went to. And I, I don't think I've talked about that publicly since uh, that happened. But yeah, so that's how I got in. But I wasn't coaching a team. Um, and I know that that's one of the requirements. And what you mentioned, like you have to, you have to use it or you lose it. it. Absolutely true. Like if you acquire a C license when you're 23, for instance, uh, you know, maybe it's your first or second league in, or, or first or second year in the league. And you decide not to coach until you're 33 or 43. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like you, like those skills that you that that you acquired during your coaching course, that information that you acquired during the coaching course is gone from your brain by the time you're ready to coach. And so the the daily repetitions that you get on the field are so meaningful. And when you take time off from that, it it really really impacts your ability to coach. And so that's why I'm obviously curious too, you know, what the next step for you is going to be and how you're going to be able to implement this. Uh, is it going to be sooner rather than later? It sounds like some of your, some of the peers from the class are, you know, several years out from even uh, having the chance to apply any of this after their, after their careers are, are over. So yeah, that was, that was interesting to me the way that you worded that. Well, I think that for us right now, a lot of the clubs do have academy team and you know, there's options for us to coach. It's just a matter of if, you know, people want to take that opportunity during the season. Um, I think, you know, for, for me this fall, I was 20 minutes from um, one of the biggest clubs in Connecticut and had the opportunity to work with the under 13 boys team for um, the few months that I was doing the course. And I had, I got to go like three times a week and get, you know, reps coaching as an assistant. And I think even in that short amount of time doing, uh, you know, as much as I was able to, I 
you know, learned what was good and what wasn't and made my mistakes kind of there. So I think, I think if, if it's close and the, and the clubs are willing to allow the players to be involved with the Academy, you know, that's like, seems like a no brainer. What was the, what was the most shocking thing that you learned about yourself when, when you were getting those reps as an assistant coach? I don't like to not be in charge. (laughs) That's not shocking though. I already knew that, but I think I kind of felt it more because I haven't really been an assistant coach much in my life. And, um, I, the good thing was that the head coach was fantastic and I agreed with like everything he said. Um, but it's just, you know, kind of being on that back burner a little bit is, is just a role that is different for me. Oh, and, and that's important too, because when coaches are looking for an environment that they're going to succeed in, you obviously want, you want to, you know, feel like your ideas are that you can implement your ideas. And so a lot of times if people are, are given an assistant coaching role, they're not necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to say it. Um, yeah, if they if they're if they're not in control total control of the situation, then they feel like they're not. Ah, see, I don't know if that's the right way to say it either. I was going to say not uh, responsible for the outcome. Um, mm. and, yeah. and I guess what I'm what I'm what I'm going or or what I should should say instead is if you have total control and your ideas are the ones that you're implementing, then the outcome is obviously like you can be judged on the outcome of it. But if you're an assistant right. coach and you're implementing somebody else's ideas, then it's like, well, you know, that's not really my idea, blah, 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 blah. Uh, God, that was a really backwards way of of trying to make that point. I don't like the way that I made no, that I point. No, I understand. That's okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm really curious, though, like, what specifically about your about your coaching or about coaching in general did, did you learn about yourself? Because one of the things that I've talked about on this podcast many, many, many times is one of the most beneficial things that you can do as a coach is record yourself, which is part of the C license is recording yourself mm-hmm. and listening back to your, to your audio and watching yourself coach. And I feel like that's a very uh, important moment for a lot of people uh, when they do that for the very first time. And you learn a lot about like your, the way that you present the information, uh, how much you actually know about the topic I think comes out in, in that moment as well. You might think that you are saying everything that you know, or you might think that you know everything um, that you, that you know you're trying to transmit to your team, and somebody asks you a question, and then you hear yourself stutter, and you're like, "Oh, maybe I maybe I don't know as much as I I think I know about that topic." So, did you have any moment like that throughout the course? Yeah, there was actually a few specific ones that I noticed. Um, one is that I tend to really focus on individual players and smaller situations than the big picture. So, kind of like establishing trends and. Um, the um you know like even when we were to watch the game analysis um film to to figure out you know what are what what same mistakes are they making over and over again i tend i can tell you you know what kind of cleats that player is wearing and, and how he is on the ball or what kind of you know player they are specifically or what they can work on maybe not as much as the formation they're playing <laughs> but um that's just the stuff that i noticed first and and um I think sometimes I would be better off as uh, a small like group training technical coach. But also I found myself focusing on the attack more than the defense. And I think that's maybe kind of natural, but something I definitely need to work on. And I also found that I would 
um, command more than guide players to finding the answer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's I, I, some of the reason for sure is because as a pro player, I'd rather just the coach tell me what they want and me, you know, do it for them. Because I think coaches sometimes are not clear on that. And if they can just say, hey, I want you to do this, I either do it or not, then you have your reason for playing me or not. For younger players, it's more of a self-discovery. That's how I learned. You know, I didn't learn from people telling me. I learned from kind of figuring it out myself. And um, I have to remember that they're not pro players, that they're youth players, and kind of, you know, help them figure it out, help them find those answers. The lens that you're able to look through now, uh, like coming full circle, now, now you're looking through the coaching lens, and you are able to look back on different experiences you've had as a professional player. Do, do things that coaches have asked of you make a little bit more sense now or maybe make less sense now? Since you, I think you mentioned, you know, there's good and bad examples of, of coaches you've had. Um, how, how, are you, how are you able to evaluate um, your own experiences now that you've gone through this course? Uh, you know, it's hard at the end of the day, you know, you don't really remember the X's and O's from a coach or the training sessions. You really remember how a coach treats you and how personable they were. True. So, um, you know, I would love for some of these courses to include um, more on, you know, how to speak to people or how important communication is and just things that I feel coaches forget about because they're so focused on winning and they're so focused on the X's and O's and um, you know at the end of the day we don't we don't really we can't remember all that stuff because there's so much information but when it comes to you know structuring training sessions and making it fun um, and you know having um, activities where we feel like we're actually getting something out of you know there's definitely been coaches where there's it just feels like there's drills and drills and drills and no one's playing and and no one is kind of like able to solve things within training. So I don't know how necessarily we would be expected to solve things within a game. Um, I think there's been a lot of that in, in my professional career. I'm writing that down right now, actually solve things in training translates to solve things in the game. That's a very good observation. Solving things in the game. Boom. That might be the title of the episode. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's super important, though. And you you brought up another um, interesting aspect of the course. And I felt like the course that I took really focused super heavily on the off-the-field aspects of coaching. And so I remember a specific moment during my C course where I I actually got kind of annoyed um, with the information that was being presented. Number one, because I didn't feel like I had signed up and paid $2,000 to go learn about non-soccer related things. I wanted mm-hmm. to learn, I, I wanted to be out on the field and I wanted to see sessions and I wanted to, you know, have that type of a coaching course experience. And that isn't necessarily what I feel like I got at the end of the day. So I'm wondering how different our experiences were in that regard. But the 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 classroom session that I remember vividly was basically um, an instructor led, you know, 20 minute 
segment where people kind of just went around the room and said their favorite stereotypes of differences between coaching boys and girls. And, you know, if that same segment was given to your C course, I feel like the answers and the discussion would have been much, much, much different. Number one, because you were in a room full of all females and I was in a room full of mostly males. And I think only, if I remember correctly, three females. Um, so probably, you know, 27 to three, I think would have been the ratio plus all, uh, three male instructors. So 30, 30 to three. Um, and, and so the segment was basically just going around and talking about the differences between coaching boys and girls. And at the end of the segment, I was like, what, what did we just do for 20 minutes? We just basically went around the room and said our favorite stereotypes. Girls like to socialize. Boys are more this girls are more like this. It's like, yeah, but these, like, where's the facts behind all this stuff? Like, is this true? Or is this just how we feel and our observations? What's the reason for all this type of stuff? And so I feel like U.S. soccer tried, in a way, to incorporate that into the curriculum for the course. And in my opinion, failed. Like, it just, it, it was like a, you know, a 20-minute segment that, that that didn't really mean anything, to me at least. But that's just me. So did did you guys have... Or it sounds like you guys didn't have any any type of you know instruction like that, but maybe I could be wrong. We talked about um, you know like the landscape of of U.S. soccer and um, you know being a role model and a leader, <clears throat> and you know the the key key qualities of being a coach and all those things. But you know a lot of times those are just words that you know people throw around and not not necessarily taught how to how to be that you know that or there's no a lot of times I don't think that there's role models at clubs for coaches to you know look up to necessarily and you know I think that one of the cool things that um one of the cool opportunities that we have now maybe is to um, find those positions that are a little bit higher up so that we can influence the coaches and and behavior and not just, you know, on the field, like I said, but like off the field and, you know, just instead of just impacting one team, we can impact a lot of teams and a lot of different clubs. That's so funny that you say that because just right now when I was getting coffee with Anthony, I mentioned that at one point in my coaching career, I felt like I wasn't doing enough because I was only coaching one team, which meant I was only impacting 18 players. And I felt like I, maybe selfishly, I felt like I could make a bigger impact if I was able to reach more people. And so I decided to sign up for a, a directing uh, position or volunteer for a directing position, thinking, you know, if, I am, if I'm able to reach 20 coaches, well, then that's, you know, X amount of players. Um, and, and that's more than the 18 that I was currently working with. Mm-hmm. Well, after going through that experience, I feel like I, I made less of an impact because I not, uh, and, and this is probably just me probably doing a bad job, but, um, you know, I, I didn't do a great job of, of getting the ideas across to those 20 or 30 or 40 people I was working with, which meant that less got transmitted to the players, which meant, I don't know if I was making an impact at all, but I knew for sure that if I was coaching the one team with 18 players, I was making a big impact. So all said and done, I feel like I'm, I, I now feel like I made a bigger impact when I was working directly with the teams instead of working with other coaches. But 
that is not to say that other people aren't better suited for or aren't suited for making that bigger impact with uh with the director positions um it, you know i i think i realized about myself that i am better as a coach and less as a director and maybe going through that experience for me uh was important for to to realize that um i don't know why i started talking about that tiff so uh, no it's okay <laughs> no it's true though because it's you know if if i can say that I, that's my goal but if i don't first of all if i don't show that and do that every single day i won't be a good leader if i don't if i you know if i can't teach that then it really then i'm like you said i'm, you know, I'm not impacting anybody so that i mean that's why i think that you know these coaching education courses are so important because we know the game as players but we don't know how to teach it and we don't know how to teach in general so that's a that's another interesting point too and i had um actually a, a high school teacher um who's also a, a high school coach and club co- club coach and, and college coach uh michael perkins he was a guest on the on the podcast a few months ago and we talked a lot about how the course was designed or seems to be designed to teach coaches how to teach uh not necessarily focused so much on the x's and o's which in the past i believe u.s soccer courses have been more in that direction of of hey you know here's the training exercise you use these four players versus these four players and this neutral and this is the direction that they're going ready go and now it's not so much about that now it's more about like teaching coaches how to teach and michael and i i think we're similar in thinking um that it's good in ways and then bad in ways to to have that type of a course and so i'm really curious now again through your lens because it's a very unique lens of being a professional player that has a a decade-long career and you know how you have have kind of seen this course so are are you starting to see the game differently through your lens now, like through a teaching lens or through a, 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 this coaching lens? Yeah, actually, a lot of things seem to come together at the same time when you say that. So I'm actually getting my master's in English right now. And one of the courses I had to take was how to teach writing. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to, you know, one of the first things they said is that there's different kinds of learners. And I don't think coaches ever think about the fact that there's different kinds of learners you know they're all kids they're all players and um all of them like you know if you're a teacher you have to know how to reach each one of them individually and you know one of the first things i thought was i don't know what kind of learner i am and i don't think any coach has ever cared to know that now i start to think about you know as a team they have to learn one way but also individually i have to figure out my players and I think back to the good coaches I had or the best coaches I had. And obviously it's funny you had um, lunch with Anthony because his dad, Tony was one of the best coaches I've ever had. And, you know, when people find out that he was a teacher, then it's like, okay, well, a lot of things make sense. You can know everything about the game possible, but if you don't know how to get it across to your players, it really doesn't matter. It's just sitting there in your head. And so I think, um, you know, that side of learning, to teach is something that I want to get better at and I want to 
focus on because I feel like I have a decent base about the game. And I feel like a lot of people do. It's easy to learn about the game now. Everything's online. If you want to learn about the game, you can get a book, your website, and YouTube. You know, it's, it's everywhere. And everyone sees the game differently, so it's not like you're right or wrong. But, um, you know, if you have an idea and you want to get it to somebody else, you know, that's the hard part. Tiff, that's like that's a gold nugget right there for for people to hear because all the information is out there. You can you can experience a UEFA A license course if you if you YouTube the right words and you can see mm-hmm. all the information that's out there. You can read. I want to say Carlo Ancelotti's um, um, like final paper. Like in the UEFA licenses, they make you write like a report, and I believe that his is available on his website. Like there's his full report for his, his UEFA pro license is, is available out there if people want to, you know, download it. But, you know, those are his ideas and, and he is a master of transmitting his ideas in his own unique way to his players in that environment. And so the way that you're able to do that based off of your own experiences and your own education and your own personality and, and things like that, everything's very unique to to your own your own experience and and being yourself. And the education component is is very interesting um, when we talk about how we want to be as a country, right? So, like, how what style of play we want as a country, and 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 yada yada yada. And so, there's people like myself, for instance. I've been I've been back and forth on this, right? Like, U.S. soccer should should choose a style, and we should be educating coaches in in how to implement that style. Now I believe that, and and then I've been against it, and I've gone back and forth over over the course of maybe ten years, um, and I'm now you know against it again. And and coaches should should not necessarily be taught, hey, this is what we need to do. This is where your X needs to be. This is where your O needs to be. This is where you know the color they need to wear. This is the direction they need to go. I no longer believe that that's really how the courses should be or how U.S. soccer should be leading education. Um, and, you know, the teaching how to teach thing is is another interesting aspect because, again, I've been on both sides of this where, you know, I signed up for a coaching course and I feel like I was getting teaching information. It's like, well, is that good or bad? And I've gone back and forth with that too. Like, you know, and now I'm kind of, getting back to the camp like it's not that bad to to be taught how to become a teacher because that's valuable information it's just i I don't know if u.s soccer is presenting everything the correct way now is kind of where where i've landed and there seems to be like a little bit of an identity crisis when it comes to to coaching education here in the united states and the expectations and i think there's massive expectations put upon uh u.s soccer and the coaching education and, and things like that. Um, but, but I do agree 100% with you that, you know, the teaching how to teach and understanding the individuals is a very, very unique, um, it's, it's a skill. It's, it's a skill and you have to train it. You have to train it. And, but number one, to train it, you have to understand it and you have to be, you have to be aware that, that the, that the differences exist, I guess is, is one way to put it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm, man, I'm soapboxing a lot during this episode. I feel, I feel terrible for the listeners because they want to listen to you. Um, <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. I'm <laughs> Tiffany Weimer. <laughs> you need your own. You do need your own. Um, 
tell tell me what your what your favorite part of the course was because oh. I I tend to take a very negative uh, doom and gloom type uh, approach to most conversations, but I, I want to talk about some of the positives. What 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 are your what are your favorite parts? You know, I, if I were to say learning about this, this or this, it'd be pretty, you know, pretty cliche. Um, I think for me, one of the coolest parts of the course was honestly being in there with my friends and my peers and seeing them in a, in a different environment and seeing how, you know, these players that we train with day in and day out play against in the league, um, everyone has a passion to learn and nobody wanted to, you know, fail. People are just so competitive and so driven that, you know, how much work that they put in. Um, it was, it was inspiring to see, you know, that kind of, I wasn't by myself in that I wanted to do something more when I was done playing and listening to them talk throughout the course. And, you know, when you're, when you're playing, it's like, it's a fun environment. You're, you know, you joke around and, you know, when we were in the classroom, I think it was more like, okay, like, let's, let's do this. This is, this is important for the future. Um, I thought that was really cool. Was, and again, this is, this is me speaking out of ignorance because I don't, I don't really know Mm -hmm. the history of, uh, coaching education and the NWSL and the other, um, professional women's leagues that have, that have come and gone over the years. Um, is is this the first like all women's coaching course that you're aware of? That I'm aware of, yes. And I'm I think you're I think you're right on that. Uh actually Heather O'Reilly said something cool, like that we'll always have that bond kind of that we went through it. We were the first. So I think it was. Yeah, and and I know like in the lead up to it, there was the discussion about, you know, will the men get the B license and, and why are we getting the C license? And you actually, we, or we, we exchanged a couple of text messages um, as the course, like I think before the course even got officially announced. And that led me down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out like why the women are getting the C license offered and, and why the men get the, the B. And it sounds like from, from, U.S. soccer's perspective is is they're actually moving away from um, getting people directly into the B because they find it more valuable to start everybody at the C, and and I actually agree with that decision um, from from them. And so I'm curious to see what they do moving forward because I know the MLS Players Union was all upset because the the players that were wanting to acquire their coaching licenses, you know, in their while they're still involved in the league weren't given or weren't being given that opportunity. And it sounds like us soccer from the people that I talked to are, are moving in the direction of starting everybody at the C license. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, uh, do you feel like everybody in the room was ready to experience the C license? And do you feel like people were already beyond the C license and, and how that experience ultimately um, kind of worked out for everybody as a group in the same room. I think that starting at the C is perfect. I don't think that we should have started. I mean, you could throw us in, you know, and I'm sure we could kind of figure it out, but there were definitely parts 
that you can tell we didn't have our E or D and that maybe they were a bit basic that we've missed. But, um, you know, being uh, women, we all have our college degrees. <laughs> and, you know, I think Why do you say that? Explain per- that. Explain that so people understand it. Well, you know, a male athlete's going pro in general don't always have to finish school. And we don't really have that luxury because we're going into a league making, you know, $20,000. And um, it's not something that you're going to be able to retire off of. And so everyone finishes their degree. And um, so with that said, I think we <laughs> we had a group of very intelligent women who could figure things out and do the work required. And in some cases had, to, you know, we had to teach ourselves some things and, you know, I don't think anyone was um, too overwhelmed in that sense. Um, okay. So we need to figure out if there's any, any other major topics that we need to talk about though, that we need to hit on. Um, I think you could just ask about, um, you know, if you would just ask about how, if I use my own products or something like that in the course. <laughs> no, it's, that's an interesting, interesting question. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, being the founder of, uh, of a product that can be very, very useful for coaches, um, going into, into a situation like that, where the course is basically about planning and, and preparation. And I remember when I was in my C course, you know, the hour before going back to the field, like every, all the coaches were just isolated and, and writing down, um, you know, notes, note after note, after note, after note, making sure they had all their stuff prepared before they, um, had their 10 minutes where they were going to be mic'd and on the, and on camera. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like <laughs> after going through this experience now as a student in a coaching education course, how is that going to impact what you and Adelaide and the team over at Duke did? How's that going to impact your guys' product? Well, you know, it was really cool because I've always used the products uh, for coaching and um, individual sessions and all the things I do as a player. And I was, I was seeing everybody post pictures of using their stuff in coaching courses. And I was really curious how, you know, I didn't know anything about the coaching courses and I didn't know how the products were used, but um, I was excited to be able to, to, you know, experience that. And so when I saw the U.S. soccer stuff that they had on our, on our desks, um, when we got there, you know, I kind of just like pushed that stuff off the table and put my stuff on there nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was cool because other girls in the course were using stuff too. And um, I found that it was extremely helpful to have everything in one place. And I, you know, some things were uh, a lot of note taking and some were obviously diagramming and making sessions and stuff. And I, I was able to figure out, you know, different ways to use a trainer, different ways to use Excel. And actually the session cards came in clutch when I was preparing the information I needed to run my final assessment session, because I only had, you know, 20 minutes to do it. And I could only put a little bit of information on a card and I needed it to be the most important. I actually texted you. Remember I texted you, you know, what's the most important thing in the intro. And, um, you, you told me three to five things, you know, just keep it short. And, um, the, you know, having, having the products and I thought, wow, like, you know, this, 
this stuff works. Not that I questioned it, but I was able to go through a different um, experience using the products. And um, I thought that it was just a cool experience. And um, I think that if, you know, the U.S. soccer courses were ever interested or if they're listening out there, <laughs> um, <laughs> we would love to be in all of the courses. Duke brand online at www.dukebrand.com. <laughs> no, it's funny. There's there there definitely is a a little bit of an audience from from people that you wouldn't expect to uh, to be <laughs> listening to the three four three podcast, but um, but unless they are they are listeners, which is really funny. Um, so yeah, so I'm sure that somebody somebody will hear that. And um, but I, I I'm I am I'm curious though, like. Is there is there anything that you notice might be missing from your product? You're like, oh wow, like you know, maybe I can add this, or maybe that you like something you notice, like, eh, like maybe that's a little bit of fluff. Mm-hmm. I think there were times where we had of, and I don't know how often coaches use these products, um, but there were times where we had to draw sessions to present them to the group, so they had to be on the big sheets, and those sheets didn't have fields. And I know they make them, but the ones we had, they were just uh, the regular school ones that you, you know what I'm talking about? You stick them on the wall. Yep. And I think that those can be, um, I don't know, maybe that's something that we can implement in the future because I think that, you know, not everybody has a whiteboard. Not everybody has a a room. Sometimes you just got to stick it up somewhere so the whole team can see it. And, um, you know, maybe then just get rid of it. <laughs> well, and you know that the, the big difference between those big white sheets of paper versus a whiteboard is the whiteboard, once you erase it, it's gone. And right. and the big difference between like a like a journal or a planner or you know, notes is that you, you keep you keep those. And mm-hmm. you know, I have a box of session plans dating back to two thousand and eleven, I think, is when I started mm-hmm. saving them. And and all of them fit just nice and neat in a box, and 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 I've revisited those so many different times, and I can't I, I can't even imagine how valuable it would be to have snapshots or, um, some type of record of the stuff that I've written on a on a whiteboard that is just right. you know just gone mm-hmm. now, and I don't know you know what the market is like for coaches wanting big white sheets of paper with fields on them, but um, mm-hmm. but I do think that that would be super valuable to to have, um, to have like record of like if you are basically teaching a class, which is what coaching a team is. Um, and your kind of your locker room experience becomes like your classroom experience to have some type of, you know, record of what you taught that day, I think is very, very valuable. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that, that's a good observation that you had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with, with that particular product. And I remember exactly how we use those in, in the C course too, because at the end of the week, um, we had, a uh, the coach, um, he was a teacher at the at the junior college that we that we went to, so everything just stayed up on the classroom uh, walls. And so at the end of the week, the all the different white sheets of paper that we had were just still stuck up on the walls, and so it became <laughs> like wallpaper. Um. All right. I hope that we hit on on enough. I think that we're. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm sure I'll be back. Yeah, no, I, I, I seriously, I, I feel like you and I could do like a monthly. Yeah, I'm down with that. 
All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. If you are interested in finding more episodes of the 343 Podcast, or if you are interested in learning about more of the benefits of the program that helps to support and fund this podcast that you just listened to, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, .com. To tell you a little bit more about his experience with one of our online programs, here is Tom Beyer. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I liked about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, you can find all of that information by going to and visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right, we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the work that we do. Thank you.